Hello and welcome to the Fight Like a Girl podcast. I am your host, Chloe Moore, and today I had the immense fortune to sit down and speak to the wonderful um, Fallon Fox. Um, I'm just going to go straight into the content because she's much more equipped to speak to you about who she is than me. So let's get started. This works. There we go. Right. So, um, hello. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself or would you like me to introduce you? Hello, everyone. My name is Fallon Fox. I am a uh, former professional MMA fighter, jujitsu uh, player, fighter, and Muay Thai fighter um, uh, professionally. So, there you go. And transactionist and a extraordinaire. Trans. Yeah. And a trans activist, and trans activist extraordinaire. <laughs> um, excellent. So my um, initial question is what I always ask people. Um, so you have a history in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, was that your first sport that you entered into? Was it my first sport that I entered to after transition? Um, either, really. Um, well, I mean, um, uh, I wasn't much into sports that much when I was younger um, until I hit uh, high school. Okay. And then um, wrestling was introduced to me. Oh, cool. So, I mean, that's, that's where I first, I got a year of like wrestling there. Um, and like after that, I when I joined the Navy, we had like a reckless, uh, wrestling um, practice thing going on in the ship that we were. And many people who are like high college level uh, wrestlers and stuff like that, like I trained with them on board the USS Enterprise aboard an aircraft carrier in the hangar bay. <laughs> like, and then so that's all I had before all the fighting techniques that I had before I started uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay, cool. Um, like, so I had a conversation with a lady called uh, uh, Chelsea uh, Donna recently, and she's also from the States. And I'm really upset that you guys get to train like wrestling from a young age, because that's something that we don't get introduced to here like very early in the UK. Um, our sports are like, what you would call soccer and like rugby um that's kind of it for sports mostly so you guys don't have like you guys don't have like wrestling teams in high school or something no not really <laughs> like no. there's very there's no well, definitely no grappling um which is well, i know right um although there has been a push recently to introduce uh brazilian jiu-jitsu to schools which i think could be quite interesting um if it does go ahead um, so post transition, you start, uh, training Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, firstly, what made you want to train? And secondly, where, where did you train? That was a combination of a lot of different things, I suppose. Like one thing was to get into shape. Mm -hmm. And once I started like researching, uh, female MMA fighters and jiu-jitsu fighters um, it was really like inspirational and uh, kind of made me think about like 
you know, being one of them. So like, mm. you know, there was that. And yeah, um, the place that I actually started training was Champion Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. And it was just a strict traditional Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu school, you know, it taught that only. And um, I did a lot of the there at Champion Jiu-Jitsu and no gate, so. Awesome. Um, so how long were you training uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for before you started uh, branching out into other um, uh, martial arts branches? Oh, let's see. I mean, I started training, I believe, in like 2007-ish, you know? Okay. And it took me a couple years before I started like training in competition. No, actually not a few years. What, six months or so? I did some white belt mm. competitions, I think. You know, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you find competition in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Um, like, it's something that I've had some experience with. And, um, like, I've read some of your interviews before about um, how you're um, kind of enthused by having, like, the crowd and everything around you whilst you're um, competing and it really uh, pushes you mentally. Um, did you have the same kind of feelings towards that in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or is it something that came about uh, later on? Let me see. When I first started Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mm. you know, I don't know, it was much, it was that much of a crowd factor involved because, you know, in Jiu-Jitsu tournaments, there are like six different mats here and like, you know, mm. the crowd is first in between like different matches are going on and like, you know, the, the attention is everywhere here and there, here and there, here and there. Um, so just getting experience. And, well, of course, like all people, when I first started competing, like I felt like really, really like nervous and anxious about the matches, mm -hmm. like coming up really like, you know, here, you get those wobbly legs, those, and then anxiety and then adrenaline and all those stuff, you know, in first two. And, you know, that, of course, after a while, that kind of lessened a little bit. Mm. But I, I remember the first the first Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu match that I ever had. Mm -hmm. I just, like, I was crazy about it. I was like, you know what? I really, really want to compete. And I didn't want to wait for our Jiu-Jitsu competition to come out in my area. So um, the North American Grappling Association, NAGA, was having a tournament mm. in Florida. So I was like, screw this. I'm flying to Florida. <laughs> uh, flew all the way to Florida and uh, got into jiu-jitsu matches. Um, but I didn't want to, like, I wanted to test myself, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I know, I know the arguments that people have against transgender uh, women in sports. Mm -hmm. You know, I and I decided I was like, you know, I want to. I, I I know that there's not a, a an advantage, but like, you know, I just want to like test it out and see, you know, just to yeah <laughs> see what happens. Like know? stress test. So your if, ability. If, <laughs> if I were to, as a white belt, you know, be uh have some kind of crazy advantage, I should be able to do things like take out black belts and who are female and all of us who are women who are, you know, competing, right? 
Mm. It should be something like that. I should be like at least like you know hanging there really well with my yeah strength and skill, and I should be dominant and blah blah. But so I decided to hey, let's just uh, go in there and 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 fight against the black belt <laughs> <laughs> in Florida of all places, you know, which is like second under California or areas that have people with great the most technique, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um so how did And then that- so 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 yeah, how did it go? Like yeah. well yeah, I mean <laughs> I I did it in my weight class and in absolute and no gi. Mm-hmm. Um and I got crushed. <laughs> That's totally been- cool. I didn't get submitted. I didn't get submitted. I knew enough how to defend and stuff at that time I Curled in a ball, just hold some mud, blah blah, whatever, or like whatever, just like stop them from like the enemy. I was able to do that with my wrestling skills mm. and jujitsu skills. It was just a bunch of takedowns, get up, takedowns, try and score points, you know, for this and that. But they still were schooling me, like who were at my weight. And then <laughs> I go into uh, the absolute division. With all different weights and black belts, and uh, I get crushed by some woman who was like, I don't know, one fifteen, one twenty five pounds or something like that. Very <laughs> small, very small, like so tiny, like it was ridiculous. And she beat me. Mm. I know a few people. And I was like, like a, I was like one hundred and sixty five pounds, one fifty five or something like that. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I got her. I got her in like a. What did I do? I had her in guard. Mm. She just put my guard, you know, put your knee in and like come through the guard, you know. And I'm sitting here watching this woman come up through my legs, and I'm like feeling like I was having a baby. So I had to <laughs> Can I cut them off? Yeah, as much as you want. Yeah, it was <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had similar experiences to that. It's not pleasant at all. So yeah, 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 yeah. And then after that, I fought the white belts. I went because you can go up, but you can't go down. So I fought the white belts in gi, mm. and I believe I won one match mm. in absolute and white belt. I got beat again. Fun. So and that's just been like you know my history in uh, jujitsu. You know, mm. so a small it- part of it, the beginning of it. There's later on. There was like more stuff. <laughs> So, um, after your first uh, Naga outing, like what what did you go back to the gym with after that? Like, was it a renewed sense of there are things that I need to work on, or is it like total deflation? Yeah, yeah, it was a realization that like I had a lot of work to do, and whatever advantages they were saying that I had, you know, clearly didn't give me any like advantage i wasn't like dominating Mm. i was just like everyone else every other woman my record was you know and given the skill level that i was and that was kind of deflating of course but that i didn't win Mm. a lot (laughs) but at the other you know like you know like i really really have to work and get my skill level up Mm. because like clearly like you know have to do that 
Yeah. And, you know, but on the other hand, it was like, you know, I just felt like a realization that everything was, that everything that everyone's saying was bogus. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've kind of had the same realization myself. Um, so how long were you training uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for, like, exclusively? Or were Sorry? you... How long were you training uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu exclusively? Oh, exclusively for like two years, exclusively. Oh, cool! And and I got it, a purple belt in my se- in my second year. I was, but I was like in the gym, like twenty four seven. Like I would just I did classes like a couple hours in the morning mm. and like a couple hours at night. Everything that they can give me: gi, no gi, gi, no gi, gi, no gi, gi, no gi. <laughs> all the time like every day like i was insane mm. beach bum about I, an insane jujitsu bum about it mm. that's all i did i didn't think about anything else a lot of washing you know you know <laughs> sleeping rolling around in your sleep you know yeah the usual stuff <laughs> so yeah it took me two years to do that to get to pull a belt then i after that like i was it was half Half my training purple belt, half my tra- training Muay Thai. No. Okay, so what attracted you towards uh, Muay Thai after um, you'd been grappling for so long? Well, I mean, it would be kind. Of, my goal was to be an MMA fighter. That was my ultimate goal. And oh. It would be kind of silly. It would be kind of <laughs> silly for me to to just focus like, on grappling, go into MMA without any grappling. So, I mean, people have done. I mean, it. you go into yeah, you see MMA fighters all the time who are like one dimensional, they don't last too long today in yeah. today's age in MMA. For sure. For so sure. like, yeah, I had to add, I had to add the sand. I've been at least no defenses and stuff like that. At least that, you know? Mm. Yeah. So when you finished, well, you didn't finish training jujitsu. I, I you said, um, an article that I read recently about you said that you moved to a, a specific MMA gym after you got your purple belt. Is that correct? I'm sorry, say it again? When you got your purple belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, you moved to a specific MMA gym. Is that right? Uh, jiu-Jitsu, I went to a Muay Thai gym. After I did Jiu-Jitsu, I went to a Muay Thai gym, and then I went to an MMA gym, yeah. Ah, Okay. Um, so how did you find the transition moving from uh, one uh, martial art to multiple? Like, were you training, uh, where, you, where you were training to become a professional? I'm assuming you, you trained a lot like you did for jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, all right. So when I was from the transition from wrestling to jiu-jitsu, that transition just, that, that transition was interesting to experience mm. because it's ground and like things are different. You can't go on, you, you can go on your back. That's, you can do this. You can do that. Mm. And then, and that was a, and you're not as explosive and you're more technical and flowing and all of this stuff. It mm. was different to kind of like ingest that concept. Like all people are at first, mm-hmm. get into it. Likewise, uh, doing like Muay Thai and stand up in a similar vein. Like all I knew was groundwork, and I didn't know how to punch or kick or defend or 
like move or like do anything. So that whole transition from ground fighting to stand up fighting was um, difficult at first. Uh, but I caught on really fast, I think. So, mm. yeah, um, I kind of understand in a way the perspective of people who come from stand up sports and then come to grappling. You know, how they're. They come into the gym and they've been a, a stand-up fighter for all their life. And then they're just like, I don't understand. <laughs> you just do. I don't understand. And oh, my God. You know, uh, similar, similar, similar. Mm. Opp- from the opposite perspective. So um, you're training at an MMA gym. How long is it before your first uh, amateur fight? Sorry? How long is it uh, to your first amateur fight after you uh, start training at the MMA gym? Uh, that's a good question. I have to look <laughs> at, to see when my first amateur... I waited a while, right? I went from I went from jiu-jitsu, from uh, jiu-jitsu to Muay Thai for like a year, and then I went to an MMA gym to put everything all together, mm. right? But that took a while to do. And I saw a lot of, I can't remember the timing. Maybe it was like six months, a year, something like that. I'm switching to the MMA gym. I don't know, something like that. Cool. Like, so do you remember your first fight well? Like your first MMA experience? Uh, What was my first MMA experience? Yeah, my first MMA experience was uh, kind of nerve-wracking, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. Like, Even though, even though I mean, I saw her and I knew, I researched her and I knew her skill level and all that. And I was like, well, you know, I've been doing grappling for longer. All I have to do is take her down. I think my striking is better and all this stuff. Mm. You know, I was like, and from the looks of it, she doesn't look as in shape as a lot of the other female MMA fighters out there. Mm. And I was like, but, uh, but then again, I'm like, you know, I'm trans and all this, Mm. you know, and that's always in the back of your mind. You know, people might accept you if you were to come out or not, or be outed or whatever. Mm. So. Yeah, and I didn't have FFS back then, so I was oh, kind of wow. like, you know, although I was passable, but like you know, being trans, like you, and you internalize, yeah. you know, your face and stuff like that, and you like, yeah, you know, dysphoria is so not I was great. passable, and, <laughs> and you, you think about it, like from all of my jujitsu history and my Muay Thai history and amateur MMA for the for that first fight, I didn't have an FFS. And nobody clocked me for years. <laughs> so I was passable. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, it's, you think about it, you know. Mm. So, yeah, like, yeah. I still think about things like that to this day. Um, it's, not, it's not a great thing to have going on in the back of your head, especially when you're preparing for something like an actual fight. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome now because I feel like right now, like, everything is like, on par with where I want to where I want to be. 
That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, Look at Mount Purdy. <laughs> so, your first fight, um, did you do a lot of um, like videotape review and uh, research into your opponent? Is that something that, like, I have no real background in MMA, so I've only got what I kind of hear other people talk about. So did you do a lot of um, background research on your opponents before you went into the ring with them? I think every fighter does that. Every fighter who's worth a damn does that, you know? You always research Mm. your opponent to see what they have or, like, you know, to know their history, the fights they've won, the fights they've lost, who they've lost against, mm. um, you know, all of that stuff. So you go online and you research and all of this. You know, you ask around, you talk to people, you know. Okay. Go. So you finish your first MMA fight and it goes your way. How are you feeling at the end of everything? Happy, of course. <laughs> I won my first one. Like, you know? I mean, I think it, it was like a building block, a stepping stone, you know? Mm. So, like, you have to, like, go from... Uh, at the time, I don't know how it is now, you have to have a few MMA fights before you're awarded the right to fight professionally, right? Yeah. I feel like I could have... I feel like I could have been... I could have gone straight to pro... And like took out took out a couple of people there because my skill level was at the point where I could do that. I've spent so many years, two years in jiu-jitsu, got a purple belt and Muay Thai, focusing my life mm. on that. You know, yeah, strength and conditioning and all of this stuff for like years. And um, I had a base in wrestling also. <laughs> so like, how many people? How many? Like that's an elite. How many people? How many people have? that kind of experience in the women's division at that time. Exactly. And like, that's like uh, standard. <laughs> like, like, like most, uh, cisgender women, uh, are not on the wrestling teams. It's very rare that you see that they don't have like takedown defense or takedown mm. for the most part until they like, I mean, they don't study this in high school and grade school and stuff like that. For the most part, especially back then, mm. you know, they were most most of them were not taught to be in aggressive sports. You know, yeah. Actually, they were told not to do that. You know, so like, of course, like you know, I had all of that. So, mm. so this. Actually... Where was I? What was the question again? Where were we going? I'm getting lost. <laughs> um, I was just asking about how you uh, felt coming out of your first fight. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so yeah, there's that. There's, there's that, and you know, I, I kind of, I kind of, it, it sucks because, like, I feel like I have all of this experience and technique. Mm. I should be, I should be fighting pro right now. I should just jump straight to pro, and it sucks because, like, you have to wade through this amateur system where some people, where a lot of, most of the women are one dimensional. Mm. really, really one-dimensional when they come into it and don't have as much skill and think that they can get away with that because of everything that I just said. Yeah. 
So then you have like people who have experience who jump into uh, MMA, like Ronda Rousey <laughs> <laughs> and like me and like uh, some Olympic wrestlers out there who go into amateur mm. MMA and they just dominate. They're just monsters. Yeah. And we clean house because we have like a lot of experience. There's an interesting thing in the United States back then where you can't be a pro MMA fighter. I'm sorry. You can't be a pro a boxer or a pro Muay Thai person. Anything that has to do with striking, getting paid professionally, and enter into uh, amateur MMA. It's not allowed because you've been pro. But you could be a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and go into amateur and just clean house. The striking level of amateur people is going to be is going to be a lot lower than your ground level mm. of fighting because you're a professional at that point. Yeah. The only thing is they don't they don't pay they don't pay <laughs> jujitsu fighters. This so is true. So you can't be considered a pro. <laughs> so you can just go in <laughs> and have like a jujitsu. You can have a be a purple belt in jujitsu and like pretty much be a pro. <laughs> You know, and just be fucking people up. <laughs> fucking people up. Grab a record, grab some experience, and then go. Straight into straight into professional MMA. You know? <laughs> it's a fucked up system. Of course, mm. you know, I had to deal with that. And I kind of felt bad in some ways. Mm. Because I had to beat up on people who didn't have yeah. the experience level. You're just following the rules. But I have to, but I have to. Yeah. I have to, I have to beat them. I have to annihilate them. I have to show that I can do this to be in professional MMA. Mm. So I kind of, it's kind of like porn. Like, yeah, I got this and I got this win, you know, but you know, it was like not as hard as like, you know, people might think. So it's kind of like I'm torn because like, you know. Mm. That kind of segues nicely into another question that I have. Like you were in grappling like uh before like twenty ten. So you have more experience of this than I do. Like what was the female scene like in grappling and striking uh, back then? Yeah, like nobody was really paying much attention to it. Like but there was tired Gracie there was Megumi Fuji. There was like um, a lot of people mm. uh, in the scene, you know. Uh, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it was just like not as big, you know, and the competition wasn't as strong back then. Mm. So like, yeah, you had names like I uh, just said. Mm-hmm. Like of course there are like other fighters like Hillary Williams and stuff like that who kicked my ass <laughs> <laughs> and choked me out in a triangle. But you know, that's fine. We all do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I love that woman. By the way, she's awesome. <laughs> um. 
so after your first fight, uh, you get your second uh, amateur fight. And that I'm assuming that kind of just goes the same way. Like it's an early finish uh, because of the class difference, I'm assuming. Yeah, 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 yeah. They all had no brown. Mm. None of them had much brown. I think that my second video, that the my second fight is on YouTube. I think that was my second one. Mm. And then there was the one. That might have been the third one. I don't know. It might have been my last image. The, the one uh, between uh, me and uh, GI Jane. <laughs> okay. You can look it up on video. But anyway. Like, yeah, none of them had any ground. Now I was just able to take them down, like, really easy. No ground defense. And if you watch that video online, you can see how I easily took her down. Mm-hmm. And my ground just, you know, was just, just smothered her. So, yeah. Makes sense. Um, like, I, I have this conversation with my brother a lot. He just trains, like, striking. And I only train uh, jujitsu. So, um. I constantly try and get him to come and try uh, grappling. He's constantly trying to get me to try a stand-up thing, but I I don't have it in me to be punched in the face, so I can't do that. To <laughs> I can't do that to myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, it it hurts my pride too much and uh, my face, so I don't want to does do it, that. Does it hurt your pride? Does it hurt your pride too much to get caught in an armbar? No, no, no. I that it's happens a lot. Or I've never been choked out, out. Like I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Like I'm very good at tapping. It's like my favorite defense. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too proud to tap. Definitely not. <laughs> if it's if it's there, it's there. You know. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. You know. Mm. Um. So. Where was I? Uh, but like, so. This is something that I've encountered in my experience as a trans person uh, competing in uh, what's considered a physical sport um, with cis women. Uh, People tend to focus on uh, arbitrary physical differences and it's not always valid. It's it's very rarely valid if I'm completely honest. Um, So, and what those arguments tend to do is overshadow the actual work that's put in to get to the level that you're at. So you've already said that you're training seven days a week, multiple hours a day. Like what's a regular day of training? Look at what does a regular day of training look like around that time of your career? I mean, I can't do it right now because COVID-19, but back then, (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, I would come to train in the mornings at my gym when I was in in MMA and do like an hour and a half, two hours of skill work. Um, No sparring, just skill, uh, putting things together. Give myself uh, two or three hours break, you know, four hours break. No, actually more than that. It'd be a start like six o'clock. Give myself a couple hours break come back to the gym and do something like striking, sparring, more technique, and for like an hour, hour and a half or so, and then another hour and a half or hour of jujitsu, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and have some at the end of that maybe like a half an hour 45 minutes of cardio to lose fat or keep that down you know on a tread on a treadmill or a bike or something like that so all together maybe like two Three, uh, five, six hours a day of training. So. I don't get that much sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. But, you know, I, I treated it as like a full-time job. Like, yeah. Know? I mean, this is like a full-time job. So, like, this is what you do. This is like professional. This is, that's where you're going. If you're not doing it just for hobby or for sport. Mm. Of, like, you know, every once in a while, something to do, like, that's what you gotta do. So, your first professional fight. Um, how how did that how did that differ to your experiences the in the amateur realms? Like, was there a big skill difference between you and your opponent, or was it kind of the same? Again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was different. Like they had like a lot more skill mm. you know more of a back my and first, forth my first my first, my first uh, professional fight what was that again my first one yeah she had she had skill but still she didn't have she, she was in the wrestling team in high school but she clearly made a lot of mistakes and a lot of them take her down so mm. like I, I do I do pretty well against strikers that don't have that much ground so, hmm. which makes sense to me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The strikers that don't have much of a, a a ground game. What what's your experience of their um like tie up game? Is it called tie up? I'm I'm not I'm sorry. What? What? Like the um. Tiger said, "Don't have game." Sorry. Ground game. What is their? I'm sorry. Say it again. The. Uh, like their tie-up game, like when uh, you're standing but you're clinched. Ah, how's their stand-up game? The ones that don't have yeah. ground game. Um, yeah, their clinch is going to be really good because that's what they do. So, I mean, holding up and tying up here, they're going to be good, you know. Mm. But depending depending on where you're at, if you can, if they can hold you in the clinch, you might not be able to do much of anything. Except, like, you know, grab around them and just, like, try and... But you're not worried so much about You're just worried about, like, getting kicked in the face, maybe. Or elbows <laughs> or something, you know? Mm, the standard stuff. Or knees or something. Knees to the side or, like, or whatever. But, I don't know. You can still get hurt in there. But, I don't know. I think, in some instances, someone who has good stand-up and ties up with you and if you're a good takedown artist or jujitsu fighter or you know, wrestler or something, you might find opportunities to capitalize on that close quarters, you know, situation where you're touching you know, something that they don't want to do, where if they make the slightest mistake, you can capitalize on it. Mm. You know, if they don't have any ground, you just pull guard on them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do? This this is true. Um, I've only recently started pulling guard, and I yeah. I'm loving it because it's saving my knees so much hassle. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. So was it about this time that you get that phone call about someone has uh, looked into your past? About what time did I get that? Um, so was it your was it the second fight or was it the uh, before the third fight that uh, you get the phone call from the yeah person? my first my first fight my first fight I was in the closet mm. second fight was the second second pro fight was the tournament tournament I was in okay and at the end at the end of that pro fight I got a call from a reporter yeah and he essentially said that he was going to blow up this article about your uh, past. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, that's not something that's going to spark joy um, in anyone's career. Um, but like, what people don't tend to focus on is, at, up until this point, you'd done everything by the book. Like, There was no real onus to disclose anything because you met all of the requirements set out by the International Olympic Committee. Uh, you'd gone through all of the commissioning bodies for where you were fighting, I'm assuming, and they were all aware. So, like, I had something similar where I went through one of the jiu-jitsu governing bodies about whether or not I would be allowed to compete at their competitions, and they said yes, so I thought, brilliant they've given me the go-ahead I can do that um but then I get a lot of backlash in that I didn't disclose that I was trans before I started uh competing against cis women um so how how did you manage that communication going out I know you ended up uh, publishing an article with uh, was it out sports and uh, Sports Illustrated? Oh, okay. So, well, like, how did I uh, deal with the fact that people were saying, yeah, yeah, that I didn't disclose first? Mm. Fuck them. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because. It, it doesn't make any logical fucking sense mm. if I don't have any advantages. Yeah. Which is what? Why the fuck do I need to say anything to anyone? Yeah. Why? Like, why do, why do like, 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 just, just, hey, by the way, just to warn you, I don't have any fucking advantages, but just to let you know that I'm a minority and I am, uh, uh, gonna compete against you. Please. Uh, don't get upset. I mean, what the fuck? No, we're not doing that anymore. We're not doing that. And, you know, I didn't feel like doing that then. Mm. They can all fuck themselves. Every single one, every single cisgender <laughs> woman who thinks that way. Mm. All of them. So, Like, I'm fairly lucky in that. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to sit there and, and, and say, like, you know, I have to disclose my minority status to you because you're uncomfortable with my certain minority status. Mm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and do that. Like, like. Uh, okay, so you know, let's say I'm a uh, happen to be uh, mixed race, and you're saying that like I have uh, advantages. Like, you know, 
I have a big heel bone or something like that. Or maybe my bones are like too heavy like that, you know, and because of my black status or something like that, if I happen to be mixed race and have like maybe, I don't know, 25%, 50%, you know, African-American history, you know, like why the fuck would I fucking come to you and tell you, hey, you know, hey, I'm a minority and you, because of my minority status, you have all of these bogus claims about my anatomy. Mm. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm going off on that, but like it's such a twisted and fucked up concept, you know, that we're dealing with here. And like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and accept that. Yeah. I will go off for days <laughs> and talk about it to the day I die. Like, okay. Firstly, you don't need to apologize because that's a completely valid response to those accusations. Yeah. And yeah. two, like I was saying before, you broke no rules necessarily. Like you'd done everything uh, by the book up until then. Like the International Olympic Committee at that time was already stating that trans people who want to compete with cis women need to have uh, gone through a medical transition to like two years prior and you'd already elapsed that time with like with loads by of years there. i started i started hormones back in like 2003 2004 mm. got my genders reassignment surgery like two years or so or more before i even competed yeah in any martial arts yeah and another thing like so yeah like the thing that gets me is people think oh yeah so you have you have all of these wonderful advantages and it's like no you don't understand how hormones work on the body <laughs> like uh, do you have yeah. any idea how difficult it is for a trans person to build and maintain mass or muscle anything yeah. like that it's yeah. insane um like i struggle with my weight a lot now because we're in lockdown and i like pizza and ice cream but even when i'm yeah even when I'm like in competition mode and training as much as I can, I struggle to drop weight. Like I'm never going to be, yeah. I'm never yeah. going to be super skinny. I know that much because um, it's not how my body works. And like, uh, I think, so the only thing in my body the, and obviously the only thing in your body that produces testosterone is your adrenal gland. And that produces minuscule amounts of testosterone. <laughs> um, so the fact that anyone thinks that you can just continue to go on and be a beast after like six to ten years of not having any of these hormones in your body is ridiculous. And anyone yeah. who would like to dispute that, you're welcome to try it and tell me. <laughs> Yeah, the logical disconnect, you know, there mm. is fucking astounding. Yeah. So let's think about this. I mean, transgender women get hormones for a fucking reason. Yeah. There's a reason. There's a total fucking reason why we take them in the first place. Like, you know, like you take, uh, you know, you take testosterone. I'm sorry. You take estrogen, you know, like, like. For a reason, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. I, I don't understand why why they would think they always make fun of us for taking hormones, <laughs> you know. But they never <laughs> and acknowledge that we do. But like, what the hell do you think that they do? What the hell do you think the purpose of hormones is for? Well, I, you know why? What 
I think a lot and, of that's due to the... They talk, they, talk about, they talk about, like, you know, well, maybe some younger people might take hormones and, like, all of this stuff like that and the effect that it will have their on their body. And, like, we don't want that to happen. So you turn our children, our male children, into women. And they, they <laughs> express the concept like that that's what's happening. That's, that's what's happening. You're, you're changing them into women, and we don't want that. But, yeah, and you're, you're changing them to women by hormones. But then, <laughs> when you're in, you're uh, <laughs> you're older and you compete, they're like, you know, wait a minute, you're not turning into a woman because of hormones. Yeah, um, like any it's... kind of tough rhetoric doesn't <laughs> hold up to much scrutiny. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, They're the dumbest fucks on the face of the earth. Um, I completely agree. And if I was with you, I would. Uh, obviously high five you right now um there we go self high five um like a lot of it's due to like i feel like the media tends to oversimplify the transition process as well so no one really thinks about all of the things that actually go into a transition they just like it's exemplified by people like your your biggest friend, uh, Joe Rogan, and uh, like yeah. Dave Chappelle, and other like highly held uh, media. Um, what's the word? Oligarch. Let's say that. Um, <laughs> like they think that the process is: oh, you've chopped your dick off and you got breast implants, and now you're a woman. No, like that's not yeah. how it works. And it's the same people who go: oh, um, the people. Like trans people are trying to make you uh, make your kids become trans. No, we're not. Like uh, that's not see, how dysphoria works. <laughs> that's where you have it wrong. That's where you have it wrong. Mm. You don't. You don't understand that transgenderism <laughs> <laughs> is a is a conspiracy by the government. Oh, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you didn't. You don't know that I when I was in the navy. Like, they contacted me, and, like, you know, they put me in the Obama initiative. No way! You know? And, like, yeah, they were making me into a transgender super, a super soldier. <laughs> yeah, so that when I get out, like, you know, they, 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 you know, put all these screens and stuff like that of, like, trans stuff and, like, craziness. <laughs> it was, it was insane. They brainwashed me, and now that I'm out, I know what I have to do. Okay. I had to, like, you know, get on hormones for a year and you won't have them like, you know, do all the surgery on my genitalia, painful as it may be, and breast augmentation. I'm sorry, <laughs> breast augmentation. <laughs> and then like, you know, face augmentation. All this pain from 2003 or 2004 until present day. Yep. That can bring down the conservatives. I mean, and in addition to that, break down the family unit. Oh, of course. And I'm pretty sure you only do it so you can go into women's bathrooms anyway. Like, that's the only oh, that's reason. that's exactly what it is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's, that's all. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, while we're having this conversation, yeah. Um, do me a favor. Uh, talk to everyone and fans about, like, some trans stuff in sports while I go into the other room. It should only take me, like, 10, 15 seconds to grab my charger because my phone's going out. Okay. okay, cool, cool. Right, so I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, being trans in sports. Um, 
that's a loud noise. But um, as Fallon has alluded to, it's not ideal in the slightest. Um, there are lots of hurdles you have to jump through. There are lots of, um, like, even just the medical transition, there's more than enough hurdles to jump through. Like, there's a lot of gatekeeping that happens in the UK, and I'm pretty sure that there, there are systems in place in the US as well. Like, I don't know, people talk about uh, trans issues, like, it's something you just wake up and you decide, oh, today I'm going to be uh, a gender that doesn't like physically that I'm not physically representing currently but like in order for me to go through my transition I had to justify a diagnosis of transition to a doctor and then to another doctor and then to another doctor and then after that I had to wait for I think it was like 15 16 months before I was able to actually go to a specialist clinic and speak to a specialist about my uh, trans issues. And then even after that, it was another six months before they even prescribed hormones. So at this point, I'd already been living as a female for two years. And then like after that, like you get options for surgery and stuff in the UK. Um, but even that takes another, like the waiting list for a gender reassignment surgery, as it's called here, is like a year. I think it's even more now. Um, I know people who... Yeah, it's a lot of us. Oh, it's crazy. Like there are people here who, before they they even get access to the um, specialist gender services here, um, I think at the moment, the shortest wait that you'll have in any of the clinics is about two years. So you have thousands of people not being given access to any kind of treatment because they have to wait in order to get access to this specialist treatment which pretty much a gp could do i don't know it's fucking ridiculous yeah that's great uh, sorry well, i could talk about trans nonsense forever <laughs> like that's so i have a question for you yeah go for it what do you think about trans people who think that other trans women have advantage in sports? Like, isn't that self-hating? So, um, I am painfully aware that um, a lot of trans people experience internalized transphobia. Um, so that's something like it's something that I have, and it's issues that I'm trying to work through because the life that I spent living uh, in, like. The male world kind of cast dispersions on a few of the things that I currently see um, as true. So I, I have to deal with the disconnect between them and that's my issue and nobody else's issue. But if you're a trans person and you're actively going out and saying you shouldn't be able to do this because you're trans and this and this and this, like, get your life together. Like, cool. <laughs> Like, you should post that on social media. <laughs> Maybe I will. Like, honestly. Yeah, I think I think that trans people, trans women, the trans people in general, who um, who think that trans women have advantage in sports are kind of like yeah, a sellout. They don't understand themselves, and they accepted the mess. And um, yeah, I don't I, appreciate them. The self, much, you know. 
I, I like there are a few self-hating trans women in the UK. I've seen a lot of them. Yeah, I've seen yeah. a lot of I've seen a lot of them around, you know, on social media and stuff. So like there's there's yeah. there are a couple in the UK that specifically have joined with um like turf groups. Um Yeah, they don't understand themselves, right? And they come to and sometimes sometimes they they hold the things about like transgender people who are in sports mm-hmm. and they they say it under the guise and framing that they're just trying to like undermine uh, women's sports yeah not just undermine (laughs) (laughs) they they make it under the guise that they're that they're just trying to try to understand or try and like you know but yet on the other hand they say that you shouldn't be um competing you know but they say that like i'm just trying to say you know it's kind of messed up i i see that a lot so yeah yeah like the rhetoric that i see from them is it is literally just self-hate and the want to be accepted by cis women um to the point where they feel like they're the mouthpiece for the community which they're not like the trans community in itself isn't necessarily like an actual community because it trans people are Obviously, they all share the underlying feature of being trans, but at the same time, they're also their own individual people. Like, it's not like an opt-in service. It's not something that we all crave when we're growing up. It's something that we all live with. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Just because they feel like they're a man that took steps to become more feminine in appearance but they still identify as a man doesn't mean that that's the same uh stance that every single trans person has because it's not oh yeah it's definitely the minority yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some people some people think that they're they do do believe and do understand that they are women but at the, on the other hand they just for some reason they accept the framing Mm. about the advantages that the right wing thinks that we have or maybe they don't think that we have but they say that in order to try and make us look like the bad guy as someone to look at Mm. and point fingers at make themselves look like the good guy or they they could just take the candace owens uh like standpoint and whoever pays me the most <laughs> i'll just say that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. They're, they try they try and buddy up with the gender people you know who are the ones that are horrible at least. yeah pretty much like they're the worst garbage on the planet like to sell out your own it's yeah. ridiculous huh <laughs> <sighs> That got really heavy for a good 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. Any more questions? I've got lots of questions for you. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, your transition a little bit, if that's okay. Um, so, yeah, sure. Um, when did you make the realisation that you needed to make changes in your life um, to accommodate your uh, status as a trans person? And, um, like what kind of impact did that have on your immediate life? Like, did you have uh, an understanding family? Did you have, uh, um, like, friends and people who, like, rallied around? Or was it uh, 
the more common negative experience that most people have? Well, I mean, I really, really didn't understand what being transgender was mm. for a big chunk of my life until I was like in my twenties. Like, you know, I had seen I had seen people on TV, like and I like transgender people saying that they were transsexual and mm. stuff like that. You what know, was I your earliest record? And I felt like I I felt like I felt like, you know, I'm that. Mm. But then on the other hand, like, you know, back then a lot of people were tying like gender to sexuality. Yeah. And they were saying they were saying that, you know, because you, you know, want to be a woman and that makes you gay and you're a gay man. And I was just really confused. Like, I'm not a gay man. Mm. I'm not that, you know. So I didn't know where I, where I was. Because they were saying that transsexuals were gay men, you know. And I was like, I still like women too. But, you know, so it was mm. just like, I was trying to figure out what I was. I was like, I'm cross-dressing all the time. Like, when I can, yeah. it, I feel like I should have been a woman, blah, blah, blah. That yakety smackety, but <laughs> like the fairly you standard know, trans uh, experience. What the fuck am I? <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, sorry, I fell, I fell. So, so yeah, of course, like there's a lot of fusion at that time, and um. But during the Navy, I started looking into it more. This is when the internet started becoming more popular. Mm. They had access to information, not like library books where you have to go in person and go into a section and pull out trans books, yeah. you know, and take them out to the counter and check them out. And the fear <laughs> of, like, you know, what they would think of you if you did, like trying to gain access for information at that time about who you were was a daunting ta- daunting and scary task without the internet. I know. Like it's you had to physically talk to someone about it and that's scary. You know? So like yeah. when the internet came along I was just thinking falling and I'm hating it. Hold on. That's yeah. fine. Like So I when th- so when I when I started got I got access to the information of like what a transgender was, which we were calling transsexuals at that time. Mm-hmm. I like started realizing kind of what I was, and I started making plans to potentially trans- transition when I got out. Mm. And when I got out, you know, I made a, a choice to actually go through with it. Okay. My family, of course. My family, of course. Uh, didn't accept that and uh, asked them to help me in this matter, you know, help me get therapy and, you know, psychological care for the depression I was feeling because of everything going around me and dysphoria and all this. And they sent me to uh, Christian reparative counseling therapy, anti-gay therapy, you know, <laughs> I had to deal with that. So, How- And then after that, I was like, after I went through that experience, like, you know, I went back on hormones because I was on them for a little while and 
transition like you know how was your experience of the um conversion therapy like in the uk they've recently just um the government has just issued another petition about whether or not conversion therapy should be a thing in the uk um despite uh it already being voted on like three or four years ago and then just not doing anything about it um like what exactly did the conversion therapy entail for you was it just intense talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was intense therapy, talking, giving me books, telling me, like, for me, in my situation, like, you know, that's what they did with me. So it was like, you go into a therapist's office, uh-huh. uh, it sits you down in a chair, they ask you, tell me about, started, tell me about your homosexual lifestyle, which is one of the first things they said to me. And, you know, I told them that I don't think that I'm homosexual. I'm not, like, strictly interested in men. I don't know what you're... But, and they, like, uh, would brainwash you and tell you repeatedly over and over again that God's plan is for you to remain in the physical form that you were born in and that you're dirty and worthless otherwise. And that you know you need to be clean and that no one will accept you everyone will hate you and you will lose your financial uh, ability you will be shunned you'll be so you need to take care of this now and here's this book read this book and this book and that book about the homosexual lifestyle and people who have gotten out of the homosexual lifestyle as gay men and read these sexual stories and experiences of gay men before your uh, before they came out of being gay and all of this explicitly read this read that read this read that know who you are <laughs> i mean it was, just a rep- it was a repetition of that which mm. you know if you're trans and you're dysphoric yeah that's really gonna fuck you up yeah like you were already at a really impressionable stage of your uh life yeah it's like i came to you for help to tell you that you know that i don't feel like i am this man i am not this character and you and instead of listening to me and understanding or, or having some type of empathy or listening to what i'm feeling about you do the opposite and you tell me that I'm not what I say I am and that I should be, or that I don't feel how I feel, that my sexuality is not what I say it is, that my gender is not what I say it is, you know, instead of, like, helping me. Like, you do the opposite of what I came to you for. Because <laughs> they know better. They talk to God and molest children. It's malpractice. <laughs> Criminal men from malpractice. And if it's not where you live, it should be. Mm that that sounds like possibly one of the worst experiences i can imagine um yeah and i feel bad that you had to go through that <laughs> like really bad uh, lots of other people have been through worse for years mm. you know under that system you know i can't imagine how that must be yeah and like i struggle to 
kind of rationalized the idea in my head of how something so uh, barbaric is still around in this day and age. It's like, surely most, like, there are loads of studies now to talk about uh, that talk about the despondence between mind and body and mm -hmm. uh, sexuality and like the, the physical, uh, no, the mental identity itself. So, like, why are people not only hung up on that aspect of life but also feel the need to dictate what yours should be like it's not your life leave me alone <laughs> why are you butting your head into that like when it doesn't concern you in the slightest yeah totally uh, it's frustrating yeah. and hurts my feelings <laughs> so you went through your um therapy um you went through your transition and that kind of takes us back to the start of our story so let's jump ahead again um let's talk about your fight against uh tamika brents is that how you spell it? say her name tamika brents yeah, yeah, yeah um so a lot of people focus on this fight when they talk about you because she suffered a broken orbital bone and a concussion and like for some reason people tend to forget that broken bones and concussions aren't uncommon at all in any kind of uh MMA physical sport at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's it's like, kind of silly. That's kind of the point. Yeah. Like I watched Michelle Nicolini snap Tammy Musameki's arm uh in footage from twenty fourteen. I saw Leslie Smith's ear explode when she was kicked and all of the um, cauliflower like just tore away. Um, just recently we had uh, Joanna Janjacek, um get that massive hematoma in her forehead. Um, we had a girl in the UK actually not... When was it? Hey, 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 hey. All this stuff you're talking about right now is bogus, clearly, because... Yeah. You know, you know, you know, you know, no cisgender woman has ever broken another cisgender woman's <laughs> orbital bone. That's never happened. I'm sure it has. Um, <laughs> that's never happened in the history of women's MMA, um, um, other than it has. <laughs> and you can research it online and pull up examples mm. over and over again. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, um, it's something that couldn't have happened. Yeah. So it fucking does clearly like the gender women. I think it's difficult for people. Um, well, I'm going to generalize and say men to kind of rationalize women in MMA and like, they don't want to believe that women are capable of that kind of um, violence or, or aggression. But like, yeah, women have the same amount of aggression and like capability as men. Um, like, yeah, fair really. enough. They may be physically weaker, like for the most part in that Venn diagram, but <laughs> they're still capable of it. See, this whole, this whole aggression thing really pisses me off, mm. you know? 
you know, about like women uh, can't be aggressive as men, I've... or that doesn't, or a situation where that doesn't happen. You know, when I've seen Ronda Rousey and the shit that she's said and done, <laughs> and all of these other fucking people out there, uh, Chris Cyborg, are you? Do I need to go on? Like, mm. it's ridiculous. And the transgender men who like transition from uh, a female to male, like this whole concept of when they take testosterone, like you ever see that episode of the L word where this guy, this guy, the guy Matt, like, yeah. you know, he, he takes, he takes tea and he's like, super he's going aggressive, around, like talking to people. And he's like, he's like, I can't help it. I took tea and I'm like really aggressive. I can't stop being aggressive. Oh, the tea did it to me. What the fuck it is, is uh, cisgender men are taught to be aggressive. It's a learned fucking action. Like, yeah. you need to be aggressive. And cisgender women are taught to be docile and not aggressive. And some cisgender, men, cisgender women break through. Yeah. And they're like, you know, I don't see, I'm not going to accept your framing. Of me being timid and weak. Yeah. And it's more rare that that happens than not because of the system that's been placed before us. Mm-hmm. And then people all of a sudden are like, you know, well, you know, when they see that rare action because of the system, they think it's odd. Mm. But, you know, fuck that. We're breaking through that. Okay. And cisgender people, cisgender women who fight like Ronda Rousey, like, you know, like, like Gina Cranel, like, you know, like all of these other people, mm. like, are, are challenging that yeah. concept. And the fucked up thing is, they look at transgender women and they, like, they, like, talk crap about us in sports being aggressive, but they're only hurting them fucking selves. Yeah. They're only hurting the, the, the whole framing of that, like, like, okay, cisgender women, like, transgender women, like, 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 um, if, if a cisgender woman fights a transgender woman and she's aggressive, like, it totally destroys their argument. Because mm. you're supposed to be aggressive. Yeah. It's so stupid. So, yeah. Like, if if there's anyone out there listening to this that don't believe that women are aggressive, like, there are countless, um, uh, oh my God, instances, like, all over Facebook right now, just look up hashtag Karen. Like, they will show you aggression because that's all they <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> and that's in and out of the cage. Yeah. Clearly. Exactly. Um, Chris Cyborg, Angela Madonna. Like, uh, I'll just leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> so, after your fight with Tamika Brents, um, you had another fight after that, is that right? Ever to make friends? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have one more fight. One more fight, yeah. Um, you'll have to forgive me because her name has literally just slipped my mind. <laughs> but I know she talks a lot of shit about you. Is that right? And then she ended up... Did she win that fight? Oh, you're talking about my my last? Yeah. Uh, no. Who's... <sighs> Who's the woman who went on to the UFC after fighting you? And she said, 
Did I dream? Oh, this? you're talking about Ashley, Ashley Evans Smith. That's her. Yeah, yeah. So my, uh, they don't have. Wow, they don't have my. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Tamika Brent was my last fight. I'm sorry. I'm getting my timeline messed up. I'm looking here at my record. Ah. Uh, Tamika Brent was my last fight. Heather Bassett was my second to last fight. Okay. And she was she was really awesome. She was really awesome. She was totally cool. Mm. Really cool. But Ashley Evan Smith was the, the was my one, two, three, fourth professional fight. Okay. That's the one that I lost. Yeah. That's the fight that I lost. And uh yeah, so she beat me and then went on to say that I had advantages. <laughs> Even though she completely undermines her own argument by winning. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, she gets mounts on me twice mm. and pummels me, but I have a strength advantage. I don't know. It's strange. It's the most craziest, uh, strangest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> um, as if I didn't have, wasn't a purple belt in jujitsu. As if I didn't have a wrestling history. As if I didn't have Muay Thai. Yeah. So like um this is I I think I spoke about this earlier. It's something that um people tend to uh associate with me in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. A lot of their arguments are that I win because of my uh my size and my strength um and all of this. And 9 times out of 10 I win because I'm the better fighter on the day. Like they completely discount the hours that I spend training in the gym and like the amount of time I spend outside of the gym looking up techniques and uh wrapping things in my head because that's the kind of loser that I am um <laughs> did, you, did you start tra- did you start training before transition no 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 um I started uh training Brazilian jiu-jitsu after I was um assaulted like at the beginning of my transition yeah. so um I, I built up a lot of uh, anxiety about being um, outside in the evening or at night. And uh, I found I found an MMA gym that was right next to where I worked. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go in and give it a try. So I did their uh, women's introduction to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and their introduction to Thai boxing. And I did... I did two weeks of Thai and I thought to myself, I don't like this. It's not for me. So I'm going to transfer everything to Brazilian <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu. And that's how yeah. I got my start in the sport, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, did you know... Sorry, go ahead. Did you know that if you had started training before your transition, mm. that would have totally made you a crazy, wicked-ass fighter. You would have killed... Every woman on the mat, it would have been over. You know why? Yeah, yeah. You know why? It's because men because retain information a lot better than women. Testosterone and men, <laughs> it doesn't matter, are smarter than women. Yeah, yeah. And when you transition, you keep that smartness because women are dumb as shit, <laughs> apparently. And so, like, you know, that, that, it's that advantage of being in a man's body, of understanding. That affects mm. your brain and makes you smarter somehow. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when you transition, 
from male to female and you have like experience or knowledge of fighting in anything, you're going to be better than a woman. Because yeah. women are fucking dumb. <laughs> Um, I, I'm i going to have to tell this to my training partners <laughs> look you need to understand you're dumb and you don't know what you're doing please don't that's hurt that's me like every cisgender female yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> don't gang up on me guys I'm just <laughs> don't gang up on me I'm just spouting truths what do you mean you need references that's what I, that's what I do all the time You know, I walk around and I'm just like you know hey you know I went to school as a dude. Oh, yeah. I was just, I was just eating I up all that privilege. And like, you know, then I transitioned. So that makes me smarter than <laughs> all of you. So, I mean, y'all should shut up and stuff like that because you shouldn't have anything to say because I was once, what the fuck? <laughs> they, they follow right along with that line of, of, of thinking. Ronda Rousey does it. Fucking all of them. And they yeah. call themselves like, you know, feminist. Uh, someone that feminist or maybe some of them don't or like that they're for women's rights. Mm. When you're just like trashing and trashing and trashing yourselves, calling yourself stupid. Yeah. Stupider than men. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why, like, a lot of people feel that the statement trans rights are human rights is uh it, it's a political statement it's not it's it's a statement of fact because like technically trans people it's like for binary trans people their rights should reflect their um like chosen gender like the way i see it because all you do if you don't accept those rights is impose unnecessary boundaries on both like cis and trans people like when South Carolina was it, was it South no it was was it North Carolina who introduced their bathroom bill in like 2015? Yeah, they're like, yep. So trans people can't use the bathrooms anymore. Okay, are you going to station a police officer outside every single one of those bathrooms? Yeah. Are they going to check the genitals of every single person who goes into that bathroom? Are they going to check the documentation of every single person who goes into that bathroom? Like everything that they were going to check can't it won't define whether or not they're female. Like, unless you're going to do, like, a chromosomal check, which I'm pretty sure you can't do, like, when someone needs the toilet. And if I'm honest... It's like... No, sorry, yeah, but that's not, the, that's not the whole point, I think, you know, mm. of what they're trying to do. Like, you see, because they think that you can tell. Yeah, right? yeah, that's it. They think that you... They think they... they think, or they... Either they... Sometimes they think... Mm. Or they promote the idea that you can tell. Yeah, that all trans people right? look like builders in a dress. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it's not. It doesn't even cross their mind when they talk about it, or it does cross their mind and they put it out there anyway. Mm. You know, hoping it will stick, which it does in some cases. Yeah, the people are fucking stupid. So, you know. Well, that's, so, yeah, uh, that's the underlying characteristic you're, 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 of the trans panic defense as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't Here's know she was thing. trans. I should fucking do this. I should totally do this. I should fucking go right now downtown Chicago <laughs> and, like, you know, just have a bunch of pictures of cisgender women, like, who are out of shape and in shape. 
and just walk around with this picture and just show it to people and be like, <laughs> hey, listen, do you believe that this woman used to be a dude? And just watch them as they look and they say, like, it could be like a supermodel, yeah. an athlete, it doesn't matter. But they'll look at them and they'll be like, yeah, totally, I can tell that. Look at this aspect of her here and this aspect of her there the and thing- this aspect of her here. And this- once you tell them, once you tell them this person used to be male, mm. they believe that they're male. Like, it totally switches, like, their concepts and belief of what, about what they're looking at right in front of their fucking face. Mm. So, like, I mean, I should do that point, shine a light on that. Somebody should. Somebody should get on that shit. People have done it in the past. I'm pretty sure. Actually, there was an episode of uh, Jerry Springer where he did it, like... <laughs> but Jerry Springer would always do Jerry Springer would always do that shit back in the day to be sensational. Yeah. You know? Obviously. But like Oh, look at her. She's pretty, she's pretty, she's pretty, she's pretty, she's pretty, so pretty that she looks like that. You know? <laughs> so I, that's not where I'm coming from. But like so, it is crazy yeah. the things that people will like focus on when you tell them, Oh, that person's trans. Like I've um had uh, instances in the past where people were trying people try to argue with me that certain celebrities are trans like uh kira knightley someone was like oh yeah obviously she was born a boy look at that neckline look at that forehead look at this look at this like what, what are you talking about <laughs> so like what do you think i mean are your fans gonna see this or is this gonna be all audio this is just audio all right well if you could look at my days you can look it up online like I mean, uh, they they say a lot of well, look at her jawline, mm. right? Look at her forehead, <laughs> like, but and look at that jawline. She's got that thick jaw, which I fucking don't. Yeah, and it's clear. I even <laughs> had surgery, surgery on my fucking face. Yeah. Like they saw down my fucking bone, and it wasn't even that big before that. But they just did it just to make me even more fall within that range of perspective mm. of what you think is a small jawline, and like it, it's clear. But like, if you were if you were if you were to take my 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 picture, a normal picture, you mm. know, of me, and and take it to someone and like and be like, hey, listen, somebody's a sinner, not knowing I'm trans, and be like, isn't her jawline huge? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as you say that she's that she's trans are like what they're like yeah like mm. the sizes of things the sizes of hands which my hands are not very big just explode <laughs> in somebody's mind it's like you know you change the size of something yeah. by the concept of like what you think well it's the physical bit... reality changes <laughs> yeah like, you know well like... i can measure it i could probably measure it one time and be like and and like you know Tell them that I'm cisgender, like you know, and then measure no time. They're like that, that, that that's when I don't know. I ain't <laughs> like, I'm not even talking about that anymore. Honestly, the whole system that's set up around uh, hatred towards trans people is just ridiculous. And like the the worst they did thing... the same thing with black black women in sports. Yeah, they said they look like men, mainly men. They always do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like one of the most common arguments about trans people in sport is around bone density, obviously, um, because that's something that everybody 
uh, looks at when they're going to hire a professional athlete in the NFL or the NBA or any kind of football league. Um, well, soccer here, obviously. Um, but like that same argument about bone density was used to keep African-American and Caucasians separate like uh, 60 years ago. So how, yeah. how is that same argument coming back up now? It's like, oh, actually, you need to figure this out. It's like, mm, there's more. Yeah, bone density. Yeah. And like. It's, just, it's, it's, the dumbest, it's the dumbest shit. So let's check this, check this out. Um, on average, like cisgender black women's bones are more dense than cisgender Caucasian mm-hmm. men's bones. Yeah. They're more dense. So, uh, I mean, are you going to say if we had some weak ass you know, cisgender man and some strong ass black woman, if you were to put them in the cage and they both had skill and like they were to go to each other. And that black woman that black woman has like you scream his name and she's just gonna shatter that dude's bones all over the fucking place. I hope no. So. no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> it, it's so ridiculous of a thing. Like 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 we have stats in sports, right? For like mm. NFL. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, what's their height, their weight and their bone density? This could be a factor. Yeah. In the game. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey, swimming, what's the what's what's let's let's check the stats here of this person versus this person. What's their bone density? It's gonna make them and, and their bone shape, it's gonna make them a better athlete here. Hey, 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 hey. And running, hey, hey, and any other sport. Nobody checks the fucking stats of bone density. It's like not even fucking thing. It's not because clearly it doesn't really relate to the sport that you're fucking in. No. It relates right. to their hatred Ronda of trans Rossi, people. You know, Ronda, Ronda Rossi came, came up with this right here. She's like, hey, when you check a kick, you know, it hurts because that person's bone is more dense or something like that, right? <laughs> so transgender women have, like, it's just so, so dense. But... Is she going to say that against a black woman? But, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, against a black woman. So, like, you could have a black transgender woman who has bone density... That is even uh, more, more, more hard and, and, than, than a white cisgender man. But yet, when you go into a competition with her and she kicks your leg, you don't say shit about it. Why? Because there is no fucking advantage. Mm. Because it doesn't. Because it doesn't. It doesn't affect anything. Mm. It was a dumb argument in the beginning. Yeah. As if like the the, the bone hardness or something like that or density. Um, it's that great to the point where like someone's bones are like metal or something like that. It's not. It's like a minuscule difference in between like all of this stuff. I don't need why mm. we even why they even measure it exactly. outside of medical purposes. <laughs> You're not would, fighting a terminator. Is, is, yeah, it's <laughs> stupid. You might need to know that for like an operation or something like that. For some I don't know, what the fuck? Yeah, if Nothing you need to donate work. bone marrow, I can I can assume that yeah. the density oh, matters yeah, yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're going I don't know, for but chemotherapy. <laughs> no cisgender no cisgender Caucasian woman should ever fight a Muay Thai fight or an MMA fight against another cisgender person who happens to be black. It should be illegal. It should be banned. If I'm going to be banned, they should too. And I'm going to fight for that if it ever happens. <laughs> I will take the fucking court. 
I'll take it to fucking court. Well, th- that's my sound bite for the intro to this now. <laughs> <laughs> the races should be segregated. Like... <laughs> yeah, do that. Totally do that. Okay, right at this point i think <clears throat> trump's more offensive than hitler um because at least hitler had the good graces to die um well kill himself yeah um yeah 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 but i don't know trump's maybe that'll too... happen with trump we'll see. nah he's too much of Going a narcissist he'd never take his own life Unless you told him that it was cool, in which case he'd be all over it. That's what men. I know. That's no. what men do, Donald. <laughs> Although his hands are so tiny, I don't think they could pull a trigger. He's got like <laughs> <laughs> little baby hands. He has to use both hands. <laughs> baby hands. He'll yeah. He'll be, he'll be like holding it up like a cup to his mouth and just like. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> How how do you feel about getting a name check in uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s book? Uh, I'm so proud of that. <laughs> and like the thing, I'm so proud of that. Like my favorite thing is the quote that's in there about you doesn't make any sense because it doesn't actually pertain to your life. <laughs> like, um, so I've got the quote in front yeah, of me. Yeah, I'm a. Um, I'm a mediocre man. Yeah, <laughs> this wasn't a just mediocre. a man who wanted to run races in lanes next to women. This was a man who was losing bouts to other men, so he decided he wanted to beat up women instead. You didn't start MMA yeah. until after you transitioned. <laughs> I mean, should I, should, I, should I sue this fool? Sorry? Should I sue that motherfucker? For, should I sue him for... Defamation? For defamation? Yeah, like... I mean, I never fought. I never, I never fought MMA. Like, so what the hell is it talking about? Yeah, like, are you, are you trying to defame my character? Are you casting aspersions on my character, sir? This is, this definitely won't stand. <laughs> Casting aspersions on my asparagus. <laughs> Either give me one million dollars or agree to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I totally fight Trump, Donald Trump Jr. if he were to accept. I mean, it would be a short fight. I mean, I don't, I don't fight. Uh, I don't fight men professionally, you know. But yeah, hey, I'd give that a chance. I give that a chance, you know. Hey, let that motherfucker get some skills mm. or not. Hey, guess what? We could probably do bully, bully beatdown, you know. <laughs> he could take the Secret Service off his fucking list <laughs> and sign a contract. It'll be all legal and shit like that, you know. That'd be it's pretty cool. cool. We could do this. <laughs> it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be uh, illegal or nothing like that, you know. I do have a you question. Yeah. Um. So, when I was starting to compete in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and um, like after it came, uh, became public about my um my being trans in the community like the uk brazilian jiu-jitsu community is quite small anyway so like you're always one degree of separation away from someone else in the community um but like uh, there were a lot of people who said that i should just fight men and like i have no issues with fighting men like i train against men all the time 
my issue with fighting men is the precedent that it sets because as soon as someone sees me fighting in a competition against men that sets the precedent that other trans people should fight against men yeah and not least, do that like that's what they're saying like well you, you can do it you can do it there mm. you know? but like uh, what what are your thoughts on this because like personally i feel that it's a poor precedent to set because like i don't want uh, a trans yeah. woman who transitioned at the age of like 17 18 they never benefited from all of the joys that are testosterone like say they were on blockers from like the age of 12 and then they transitioned when they were legally of age they don't have the perceived advantages that i have but then are you going to force them to fight men if that precedent's already been set are you going to force them to fight men yeah i totally hear you i hear you right yeah i hear you right like like this yeah I mean, so like I fought, I have fought men in jiu-jitsu tournaments at mm. and one jiu-jitsu tournament I have, I got crushed. I won one, and I got crushed mm. like <laughs> the rest of that whole goddamn tournament. <laughs> but but but, uh, but I'm not. But I'm I'm not gonna like say that I'm gonna fight men exclusively. I don't mm. see any woman who would want to do that to gender or not. Yeah, like you know, because of the because of, it's just well, they have that damage because they got testosterone, and they haven't <laughs> done years of test of testosterone blocking uh, medication mm. and hormones. So you know, I'm not going to go in there to an at to a situation where you know I have this completely off the wall. Mm. You know, unbalanced here, where I can get, you know, dominated to that extreme. Yeah, you know, uh, all the time. I'll do it every once in a while. Mm. Like um, the the excuse given by a lot of people who were requesting that of me was the fact that um, probably as little as about five or six years ago, it was commonplace for women to fight in the men's divisions, but that's because there were yeah. no women's divisions. Like the sport's so small yeah. that like it was impossible to fill up a category let alone like a whole division and then you also have the yeah. people who are like why don't you just start a trans division what so all one of us can compete yeah sure yeah so, <laughs> so just so you know there's other trans, there's other transgender fighters who are fighting out there oh yeah, they yeah, just, yeah they're like course. you know and uh like you know uh, worldwide yeah um since i since i came out like a lot of them have entered even more than they were, mm. and and they're they're you know setting up their career. Yeah, and I know some I know some transgender women um, who have fought who have been forced to fight mm. men in other countries. Right, I know them. I've seen the fight. Yeah, and um, after transition and not before, we're not talking about Perinia. Mm. Or noob tomb. We're not talking about her because mm -hmm. she fought before transition, and she fought after transition also mm. against women. But before transition, she fought against men. Mm -hmm. um, but there's some. There's a lot of transgender women out there who are competing against men in other countries, and I've just seen some recently who have been through hormone replacement therapy, and they're getting their asses handed to them. 
I know one who went to who went to, to Thailand uh, to train for a long time. She got in, and she got into a fight with a cisgender uh, man who was two weight classes lighter than her mm. as as a beginner also, and she got killed, broke her arm. <sighs> like it was it was it was it was hard to watch. Totally dominated. Like it was really 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 hard to really really hard to watch. He was as much mm. quicker. Yeah, and stronger than her, and she couldn't get to where she needed to be. Yeah, you know, in time, in her movement, and she was just overwhelmed, and it was just not a good sight to see for me. So, like, yeah, yeah I don't want to see that happen. No, me neither. I don't suggest people doing that. Like, unless you have a really, really, really good skill level, and you're up for the possibility of that happening for you, it's your choice. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, it shouldn't be your that's only what, that's, choice. That's the same thing. That's the same thing I would say to uh, to senior women also. Like, yeah, you know, they're on the same level. Mm. Like I remember how geeked I was when um, I started jujitsu, and I did like a quick search to see, oh, like, are there any trans uh, women in jujitsu? And I um, I came across Elena Hardy. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, um, the only article I could find about her is when she was like a purple belt. But I know she got a black belt uh, a couple of years ago now. Is that right? Yeah. But um, oh, Yeah, that's my girl. Yeah. Like, I would, like, so I visited the States a couple of times in the past couple of years um, because I've, I never really traveled before my transition. Um I was very insular as a person. I didn't like leaving the things that I know. Um, but now my uh, horizons have broadened. So I've visited the States a couple of times and um, she was on my list of people to go and actually meet and train with. Um, like simply because like she was my guiding star. Like when I started uh, training jujitsu. I was like, I need to know more about her. I need to meet her. I need to, I need to lap up her energy, um, because like there's not really a lot of information about her on the internet. Um, she doesn't seem to be. What's the word? Like there's there's not a lot of uh, visibility. Or am I just looking in the wrong places? Yeah, I'm not so sure how, how visible she wants to be. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, to be honest, like, um, oh, what's it called? There's a there's a website called uh, BJJEE, uh, BJJ Eastern Europe, I think it stands for. And, like, every six months without fail, they will either post an article about you or they'll post an article about Elena. And... It's literally just to get clicks on their shitty website. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> like, it's so transparent as well. It's ridiculous. And then you get all of the dude bros in the comments like, oh, this shouldn't even be allowed. And it's like, mm, well. It, yeah, because it pisses, it pisses them off. <laughs> oh, bad. It's so and People are like, what's the, what's, the best way, what's, what's the best way to get clicked here? What's the best way to get you put out there? <laughs> <Put it out there. laughs> which is fine for me mm. i mean 
I'm okay. Put put it out there, like you know, and get people interested. I'm cool. Mm. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I got shit. I got a. I got shit. I want to say. So. Yeah, and who better to say it? Like, one of the things that I really actually enjoy about you is your um your unrelenting drive for uh, trans people. Um, like just in general and in sports and everything. Like. I don't, I don't want to say you're aggressively trans rights, but you are, like, you're very vocal. No, 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 no. I'm aggressively trans rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, I'll wear that mantle. I'll take that. Take the term. Mm. I'll be that. What That's was me. it that you posted on Facebook the other day? It was like, I'm the grenade that didn't stop exploding. And, like... <laughs> I'm the hand grenade that never stopped exploding. <laughs> like... I couldn't think of a more perfect analogy for you as a person. <laughs> so it's it's beautiful, and I'm expecting merchandise to be produced because <laughs> I need it on a t-shirt. <laughs> okay. Um, right. So I do want to continue a little bit further into your story um, because. Uh, after your fight with um, the Ashley woman, whatever her name is, whoever she is, um, you like kind of retired from MMA. Um, that was due to injuries, is that right? After Ashley? After Ashley? Ashley, that's her. No, no Tamika Brown. Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm an idiot. <laughs> the last fight. That was in... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so after your fight with Tamika Brown, like, there's a... Like, there's a, a lot of misinformation around your um, retirement from MMA. Like, a lot of people um, say that it's due to uh, the UFC saying all of the things that they said, um, the other uh, female fighters and stuff. But, like, you... Yeah, it ain't about that. No, you, you retired because of your injuries, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, for, like, a year or so, like, nine months, oh, something like that. Mm. Like, it was hard for me to get fights after that one. But that's, like, normal, you mm. know? Hard to get fights, like, you, just, you have a no-all, you know? And then I stopped training for a little bit, and, you know, I, just for a little bit. But then, like, I got, like, injuries mm. when I started, like, working out again. And, like, um, I had shoulder impingement. It started on my left shoulder. And that, like, once you get that, like, it takes a long, the one that I had, takes a long time to recover from. So that was, like, almost, like, six months to, like, nine months or something like that of pain. Oof. I couldn't raise my arm above my head. Then, I got one in my right shoulder. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. I was like, what? I was like, oh. And then, and then after that, uh, my, my left knee, like, got, my left knee, uh, had pain in it. It started swelling up under the knee. Oh, no. You know, and I couldn't walk on that. And then, <laughs> a couple months after that, my right knee went out under <laughs> the knee and it started swelling up. And then, I found out that, you know, uh, I wore down a lot of cartilage in my knee. Mm. So, like, it's really fucked. So, like, yeah, it was just a lot of injury. Weight, injury, weight. It went from my upper left to my upper right, to my lower left. It was like 
what is it, tic tac toe or something? It's on my body, like. So, like, yeah. It's body part bingo. <laughs> I just couldn't come back, so, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm working on, like, you know, getting some stuff fixed. Mm. You know, yeah, so. you recently started, well, before the whole um, lockdown thing, you started uh, hitting pads again, you started training a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I was training, I was going to see what I could do, you know, to get back into it all, mm. you know, a little bit. Maybe not at all, but to see, maybe I could do some jiu-jitsu tournaments. Yeah. Maybe I could do some striking, who knows, well, you know, with being injured, like, my knees are trying to wreck, but maybe I can, <laughs> like, do it, but... Just play um, I had an injury. My, I got an injury and my, I re-aggravated the injury from my knee. Oh, no. Totally re-aggravated and it took me out again. I was never able to... Therapy and stuff they were given to me wasn't enough, mm. you know, at that point. So, like, I was like, we have to do more. I have to take and do some stuff to my knee. And had gotten to uh, talking to doctors and uh, surgeons about you know that, but then COVID nineteen hit like a couple of days before I was supposed to get everything started, mm. and I couldn't go into the doctors and stuff like that because we went on lockdown for like three months, and I gained a little bit of weight. I feel you. And don't. now, now at this point in time, we're at well, gyms are still closed. You know, we can't really do too much but i'm trying to get back in shape as mm. much as i can because that aggravation kind of went away a little bit while mm. at the same time setting up uh some treatments for my for my legs that i need mm. to get back into uh kind of some kind of fighting shape mm. so i can do participate and compete on some level so we'll see how that goes that's awesome um like the one good thing about the lockdown is people are actually resting their injuries now, so that's quite nice. Because there, are, I yeah, know, yeah. I know too many people who are like, "Oh, my shoulder really hurts, but I really want to train today." It's like mm, you need to look after yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I completely feel you about everything that's happened over the lockdown. Like I've gained so much weight, um, and like I have friends who say, "Oh, why don't you do like some exercise at home and all of this?" And I I don't have it in me as a person. Um, it's not that I'm lazy or anything. It's it's the disconnect between home and work. Like mm-hmm. I know that when I walk through the doors of a gym, like be it a grappling gym or a traditional like weightlifting and all of that, as soon as I walk through those doors, like the mindset flips. And I can exercise and I can do everything that I need to in that space. It's very difficult for me to get into that headspace at home because that's where I'm programmed yeah, to feel yeah. relaxed and eat pizza and ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people kind of have that have that going on. Mm. I think me personally, like I can work out at home and feel motivated and all of that. The setting doesn't matter too much. Mm. It's just the equipment and the ability to do so. So. I mean, I don't have any equipment here where I live, mm. and I'm in Chicago. Like, I'm like in the heart of Chicago. <laughs> At least you have good and, pizza like, there. There's people, and there's people like outside jogging and stuff like that. And it's like, and we couldn't get out. You know, and you're worried about catching it outside because like, compact. It's a compact amount of people. Mm. So like, I, I was able to get access 
to a bike. So I can do that for cardio right now. I've been doing that for cardio and just uh, calisthenic exercises at home because I don't have weights at the moment. Looking to try and get some, but weights are like sold out or, or around the country and the world because no everyone, yeah, I've been I listened to that. Like it's, I can't find a place to buy weight. <laughs> so it's kind of hard. You, know, you can't go to a gym because they're all closed. So like, uh, gotta get in there somehow. It's the worst. Like I am. Um... So back in January, I ordered a whole load of medals because I uh, run a competition um, named after this podcast, Fight Like a Girl. And um, I got all of those in the post about uh, three weeks ago. No, yeah, two or three weeks ago. And the medals are so thick and uh, they weigh so much. I could probably do some exercise with them. Like the, they come in little boxes and I think they weigh about 15, 20 kilos each. Mm-hmm. So I could I could probably get like a decent workout with that. I could probably do some do some curls. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Swap the pizza for a a weight. <laughs> just, <laughs> just this once. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Right on. So. Uh, like that's kind of everything. Now that's like your story, start to finish pretty much um what are you doing now other than like training and stuff like you disappeared from the public eye for a, a little while i know like you're off most social media and stuff um so like what have you been doing in the meantime if that's huh? not too personal i mean thinking about life <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to do in the future, you know, like that, you know, mm. um, chilling I, with friends, like, did I read like that, you know, studying? that really happened, like, as far as, like, my professional, like, you know, okay. affairs, so, like, I mean, I mean, I, I do things here and there, you know, like, outside of that, you know, just what I do, so I don't talk about my personal life in that regard too much. That's perfectly fine. You can tell me to shut up and fuck off. <laughs> that's not for that's your up. ears fuck up <laughs> okay so <laughs> so other than uh, the stuff that we've already gone through like I had a, a couple of questions from uh, some people uh, on uh, the Facebook feeds and most of it's just your opinion on stuff so um, I'm going to ask the first one which is uh do you have any words of hope that you want other LGBT folks to hear? Of course, like I never, never stop fighting. Never let anyone tell you or 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 allude that you are not the woman that you actually are. Don't ever let them like be aggressive with it. Don't don't allow people to uh, make you demure and shy about being who you are. It, it will deplete your confidence. Like, fight them. Um, not physically, verbally, of course. Unless you're in a training situation, but don't back down, I think, you know? Mm. Unless you're really, 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 really in danger, but, you know. So, even then, I think we should be assertive and 
and uh, it's fine now. It's done. Mm. So just to add to that real quick, like I completely hear what you're saying about be uh, unapologetically yourself, be aggressive with it. Like there are times, especially in the recent past now, where everything that's going on in the world, like there's only so much that I like this is all to do with me personally. It's got nothing to do with anyone else. Um, like I'm so tired of having to have the same conversations with people over and over and over. Um, like, how do you, how do you maintain that level of intensity in all of these conversations when you're literally saying the same thing to the same people over and over again? I've got a fire burning inside of me. <laughs> you're the that grenade that never stop. stopped exploding. <laughs> I I really can't stop. I can't help it. It just irks me so bad. But, I mean, it's come to the point right now where I've rehashed it over and over and over, these advantages and disadvantages mm. stories that we've had. And I don't mind talking about that in settings with, like, you. But, like, on face-to-face arguments or arguments, like, with other people, mm. I have to if they're not supportive of the issue right now. I'm to the point where it's, like, uh, fuck you. I really, I'm really, I'm done, like, really explaining shit. The information's out there. Yeah. I'll tell you where to look. <laughs> educate and yourself. And you can go, you can go educate yourself. Mm. And if you say anything, fucked up, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna slam you. Right here now. And, you know, I just, I might use some, like, you know, harsh words. You know, some ad hominem attack. <laughs> uh, this and that. You know, it's just, you know, you should, this is like, you know, this is where we're at right now. Mm. You should know this. We're, 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 we're done. We're done taught trans rights and stuff. Black trans lives matter. All of this stuff yeah. is out there. It's like, you know. We're done talking about it. <laughs> we're done talking. <laughs> talking didn't work. Talking didn't work. No. It's time to do shit now. Yeah. We've been nice. We've been fucking nice. Too nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, there's one more question. Um, so this is acknowledging that folks like uh, Joe Rogan are losing traction quickly. What would an olive branch look like to help actualize that jujitsu is for everyone? From him or from... Um, I think it's more in general, like, uh, I think what the person is saying that like, uh, because of these, uh, oligarchs that are constantly trying to tear down, uh, LGBT people, like what olive branch would you give to, uh, the community to help actualize the fact that jujitsu is literally for everyone, like, it always an be- olive branch. Yeah, an, I don't a know. Peace offering. I don't know about the phrasing. Like I don't know what you mean. I'm not giving an olive branch to anyone. There will be no peace here on this issue until they recant and say transgender people or transgender women are women. Mm. There will be no peace here. There will be none. <laughs> we're at war, and I'm, and we're not, we're not backing down. 
honestly, I fucking love you. Um, <laughs> you're so brilliant. And you've been an absolute pleasure to talk to as well. Like, um, like the whole, uh, I think I said this to you the other day, um, the whole reason I reached out to you in the first place is because um, I'd only really gotten to know uh, bits and bobs about your story. Um, like, I watched the documentary that was released about you a few years ago. Uh, was it called Game Face? Um, mm -hmm. I tried to find that. Uh, it was on Netflix here in the UK, and it's since been removed. So um, I've uh, bought it, and I'm going to watch it after I finish here. Um, but, like, I had no idea about your um, your past uh, grappling exploits, your um, or anything, like, to do with how you came out and your actual transition. It was all about uh, all the knowledge that I had about you was about that one period of time where everything blew up for you and uh it felt like that's not what I should know about this person like I want to know the good bits uh not just this fucked up time that you had to experience and uh ridiculously what like five six years later seven years later you're still experiencing like blowback from it which is utterly ridiculous um so yeah like i legitimately just want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me and for just being the fucking amazing person that you are and um like you definitely make me want to be a better ally and advocate for uh the cause and uh yeah like <laughs> i guess i just need to be more vocal so I think I will be. But yeah. yeah. Thank you. I, uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything that you want to say before we close this off and stick it in the history books? Or are you Yeah. Happy? Uh, fuck Trump. Fuck Trump. <laughs> uh, Black Lives Matter. Black Trans Lives Matter. Fuck yeah. yeah and fantastic. Fallon, That's it's, it. It's been absolutely amazing talking to you. Thank you so much for your time and uh, your story. And uh, yeah, hopefully next time I'm in the States, I can probably get, I can hopefully get some time to come down and visit because it'd be awesome to actually like do this in person <laughs> and less publicly. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, right. Thank you very much, and I'm going to just close this off.